0: This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, one of our favorite companies, one of our favorite sponsors. Four Sigmatic specializes in superfoods, medicinal mushrooms, and adaptogenic herbs, and they make drinking mushrooms and superfoods delicious and easy to do with their mushroom coffees, mushroom superfood blends, and mushroom elixirs. If you're looking for a coffee alternative, switch up your caffeine intake four sigmatic has the blends for you they're all delicious just open a pack and add to hot water they don't taste like mushrooms and like always we have a special offer just for him and her listeners go to foursigmaticcom forward slash skinny and enter promo code skinny at checkout for 15 percent off your entire order she's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire fantastic and he's a serial entrepreneur a very smart cookie and now lauren everts and michael bostic are bringing you along for the ride get ready
1: for some major realness
0: Welcome to The Skinny
2: Confidential, him and her. Uh You're going to have pain in your life, all right? You're going to have the pain of failure, which you can get over. You can't get over the pain of regret, because regret means you never gave it your most. You never gave that effort in to do that, and that's going to stick with you forever. Ladies
0: and gentlemen, boys and girls, we got a great show for you today. Another great show.
1: It This one is actually one of my favorites. I'm very excited for it. It needed its own week. It's like a shining star.
0: Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential Him and Her Show, everybody. If you are new, thank you for joining. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Tim Grover. Tim is a best-selling author and keynote speaker and built his career as an athletics coach to some of the top names in sports, including Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and Dwayne Wade. On this episode, we discuss how to be relentless, mental toughness, the difference between cleaners, closers, and coolers. Hint, you guys, you want to be a cleaner and how to pursue a life of greatness. For those of you who are new to the show, my name is Michael Bostic. I'm a serial entrepreneur and the CEO of Dear Media, a podcast network focused on female audiences and voices. Now, I believe, 30 shows under management, Lauren, I think.
1: Wow, Michael, you have Climbing a up. radio voice on today. I'm Lauren Everett's Bostic, depending on the day. And I'm the creator of The Skinny Confidential, which is a podcast, obviously, blog, book, and YouTube channel.
0: So there was a book that we read, a long time ago, maybe two years ago, Lauren? Three yes, years ago?
1: you found it first.
0: It was called Relentless, From Good to Great to Unstoppable. You can see why a title like that would pique my interest, Lauren. The
1: t- the uh, cover of the book is really beautiful too. It's just like this black cover with this huge red like sign across it that says Relentless.
0: The book cover hits you in the face as hard as the book. I like it though. No. And we, like I said, this book hits you in the face, gets you out of your stupor, gets you out of your comfort zone and makes you question the very fabric of the way you're living your life. And when I read it, I had to, I loved it. i dog eared like 50 pages and I immediately shared it with Lauren. I said, Lauren, you got to read this book.
1: I read the book, but Michael wouldn't let me turn the light on when I read it. So you don't know this. I had to steal your book light and read it in the dark at like 1130 at night. And I ended up dogging, dog earing the entire book and bookmarking all these pages because there's so many things in this book that just like pop out at you. What
0: are you talking about, Lauren? Um, i don't really get you're just creepily reading in the dark i don't really get was i like was trying to conserve electricity what are you talking about here
1: you go to bed at like 9 30 so i had to read it in the dark with a book light like like i didn't did go in
0: another room it, there's it, not a way to read it fifth
1: it, grade my mom used to turn the lights off and i You're going to back
0: to fifth grade now all right <laughs> lauren this is the relentless this is this episode's about being relentless i talk- am
1: i was relentless to read in the dark that is so relentless of me I will say, though, one of my favorite qualities in people besides charisma, because I'm obsessed with charisma, is someone who is relentless. It's I, like I said on Britney Crystal's episode, I was just on her podcast called Beyond Influential. I said, if I can't go through the front door, the back door, the side door, the dog door, I'm coming down through the fucking chimney.
0: That is an accurate way to describe you. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, that is, you know, it's funny because we read this book, both of us loved it, and we said, whoa. You know, it was right around the time we were starting this podcast and we said, whoa, 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 we got to get this guy on the show. Tim, I know you're listening. Tim was a little resistant at first. He he
1: wouldn't answer my emails for a little bit. Then it took some scheduling conflicts. Um, But I told him, I said, Tim. You told me in the book to be relentless, so I'm going to be fucking relentless.
0: And she did. She went down his chimney. She stood outside <laughs> his house. She stalked him. She did whatever she did, and she was relentlessly pursuing him to get on the show. And now we have for you guys on the show, Tim Grover.
1: Before we get into the episode, Michael, though, that poppy seed in your tooth is relentless.
0: <laughs> um, It is a pepper seed, and <laughs> it is relentlessly... Taking space in my mouth, guys, and Help. I have just realized this. All and right. um, Mimi's, Mimi's in the background laughing. laughing. And uh, I will relentlessly pick it out of my tooth oh, oh, God. Uh, before the day is over. All oh. right, guys, let's no more screwing around. Let's talk about Tim Grover. Who is Tim Grover? Tim Grover is the CEO of Attack Athletics. He's world-renowned for his legendary work with elite champions and Hall of Famers, including none other than Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, and hundreds of other NFL, MLB, NBA, and Olympic athletes. That is a stacked roster of high performers. He's the author of the national bestseller, Relentless, From Good to Great to Unstoppable. I can't recommend it enough. Guys, get ready for this dynamic interview with Tim Grover. Before we dive into this powerful interview, we want to talk about some powerful mushrooms. Some powerful mushrooms from our friends over at Four Sigmatic.
1: Our favorite. Guys, I have told you this over and over. If you have not tried the mushroom spicy cacao, you are missing out. I end probably four to five nights a week with the hot spicy cacao I add some lemon to it because I'm extra but what's so good about it is that I get a sweet tooth late at night so to be in bed watching Vanderpump Rules or Real Housewives with a nice warm mug of chocolate goodness that barely has any calories or sugar in it is heaven
0: a lot of you guys are thinking mushrooms I don't know about mushrooms These do not taste like mushrooms, right? They're little powdered elixirs. You dump them in hot water. I use the mushroom coffee mix, the original, to replace coffee when uh, I just need a little break. Sometimes I get a little adrenal gland, and I want to change it up a little bit to get a better caffeine intake. Mushrooms are great for focus, wellness. They have elixirs for all sorts of different things. I really love the lion's mane chaga that helps me focus. Like I said, the mushroom coffee mix. My spicy wife, Lauren, loves the spicy mushroom cacao mix.
1: That's true, Michael. I also like how the packs are individual, so you can put them in your handbag when you're on the go. We're traveling a lot or, you know, we're driving to San Diego, so I just throw them in my purse and I can bring them. And then it's like a sweet, chocolatey, warm hug from your grandma before you go to bed.
0: If I had a purse, I would do the same. Guys, to try Four Sigmatic, go to foursigmatic.com skinny for 15% off your entire order. Again, that's foursigmatic.com slash skinny for 15% off your entire order. We love this brand. You'll love it too. Give it a try and enjoy.
1: And by the way, you have to get the mushroom spicy cacao, guys. I'm telling you. It has like cacao, coconut palm sugar, cinnamon, cardamom, the works. You will love it.
2: This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her.
0: In the studio with the relentless man himself, Tim S. Grover. Tim, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much. It's an honor. I know we've been trying to put this together for a long time now. You guys are definitely the definition of relentless in getting this thing done.
1: Or annoying and obnoxious. No,
2: it's not annoying. No, there's a difference. There's a difference between annoying, obnoxious, and somebody being reckless. You guys were relentless in everything you do and that's why we followed up with it because we knew we were going to get this done.
0: Well, it's funny. We read your book. We read it a couple years ago. It's one of the more dog-eared books that we have. Both of us loved it. And we said, you know, we're going to get this guy on the show. And we're going to be relentless about doing it.
2: No, <laughs> so you guys did. Here we are. We finally, we finally did. We finally figured it out.
0: So for every listening, let's get a little bit of background. Let's get a brief summary and then we're going to dive into the details.
2: Well, my background is fitness. I have a degree, I have a master's degree in exercise science and kinesiology. I played college basketball at a small division, uh, division one, mid-major school. I've always been interested in sports performance. I knew I wasn't good enough to be a professional athlete or professional basketball player but I always wanted to be involved in sports. So I said, all right, if I can't actually play the sport, how about, let's figure out a way so I can still be involved in it on the fitness side. So when I was going to college, like I said earlier, I have a degree, uh, my master's in exercise science. I didn't know what I wanted to do, like every kid that's going to school. And I just said, you know what? Kinesiology was the first time it was offered. I took a course, I absolutely fell in love with it. And from there I was like, I'm going to train professional athletes. And everybody said, oh, you're going to be a gym teacher or a physical education teacher. I said, no, I'm going to train professional athletes. And I kept telling myself over that over and over and over again. And I figured out a way to train professional athletes. After going through the rigmarole with everything, finally graduating, getting a job in a local health club with a master's degree, making $3.25 an hour. That was the minimum wage when I started yeah, so, but you know what? It gave me a chance to learn more about my craft. You know, I was able to take exercise equipment, be able to move it, take it apart, put it back together again, and it was gave me a chance to actually take what I learned and actually apply it. You know, you go through school, you get all these lessons, you get all this stuff from a book, but you don't really get a chance, you get a, a little bit of chance to practically practice it and use it, but you don't really get a chance to, like, really really hone on your craft so i got a chance to work with all types of individuals from recreational tennis players back then racquetball was real popular squash all these different sports you know your athletes that ran your basketball players your baseball players these were all just kids and adults that did it for recreation but it gave me a chance to really really understand and learn from my mistakes and put the programs together and then when the big opportunity came to finally work with a professional athlete, and fortunately my first professional athlete that came calling was Michael Jordan.
0: Oh, no big deal, I <laughs> <one. laughs> Michael who? Yeah, yeah I was going to say when you were talking, I was, I was waiting for you to kind of drop that bomb. That's a pretty good place to start.
2: Yeah, but you know what? All that other stuff that we talked about got me ready to be able to close that deal and deliver those results over and over again. Because you're talking about an individual – if you have somebody who's average and you want want to raise their whatever physical condition their mental well-being whatever it's easy to do that now when you have an individual that's so elite at what they do just to be able to show one percent gain you really got to know what you're doing you got to really focus in you got to really understand the history of the sport the history of the body the movement patterns injuries everything so i was when I knew I was going to get that opportunity, boy, did I go through a crash course of studying everything. Now, remember back then, there wasn't email, there wasn't internet. Harder to review films, I imagine. Yeah, so yeah. you know. VHS and, and. Yeah, back then, this is you're going back to when there's Sony Betamax, right? I don't even know if the kids know what that is anymore. <laughs> but, you know, going to VHS tapes and going to the library and looking up uh, the Dewey Decimal System and Microfish film and all that other stuff. So, But all that teaches you that relentless mindset, the relentless attitude that you have to figure things out.
0: So let's define relentless real quick because that was the big subject in your book. And that's what hooked us initially. Mm-hmm. How do you define a relentless individual or what it means to be
2: relentless? Well, a relentless individual is a person that to me is never really satisfied in their achievements, what they're trying to do. People always say, you know, you set a bar, you set the bar. All right. Relentless individual, there is no bar. There is no bar, okay? Because what they see and what they're trying to achieve, other peoples just can't imagine, you know. And they have to be a little bit crazy because they think differently than everybody else. If you look at all the successful individuals in whatever they do, and this isn't about just about money. I'm just talking about your individuals that, that school teachers, whatever, whatever it is. They never leave a student behind. They figure things out. It's personal to them. And no matter how well they do the job, they always want, know they can do it a little bit better next time. And they're always looking for that end result over and over again. They don't see failure. If something doesn't work out, they're like, all right. Or somebody else tells them, you failed at this. No, they don't recognize it that way. They're just like, okay, this didn't work out, but let's figure out a different way to get that end result. And it may take years and years to get there, but they're going to get there.
1: Would you say they also kind of have to be a little bit selfish because you're so focused on your own lane?
2: Yeah, you have to be... There's nothing wrong with being selfish. That's one of the things we talk about in Relentless. It's just like, you know, society tells you so much to, hey, you got to look out for everyone else. You spend so much time looking out for everybody else, you forget to take care of yourself. And I always tell people, if you take care of yourself, it allows you to do more for others. But if you're constantly giving your time to everybody else... You have no time to better yourself. You have a limited amount of what resources and things that you can help others with. It's funny, people talk about success and it says, oh, you know, success changed you. No, success didn't change you. It changes the people around you that aren't successful. You know, all success does is magnify who you really are. You know, if you were a individual that was laser focused when you didn't have success, when you have more success, you're gonna become even more laser focused. If you were a person that, you know, was an extremely charitable individual, when you didn't have any money, now that you have more money, you're going to be more charitable person. It changes the people around you because now what they want to do is they want to feed off of your success. And you, a lot of individuals, if you think about it, you look at back at your history, all right, how many people started out? trying to do what you were do, even in a different kind of work environment or so forth. And then as you started to grow and as you became more focused and as success started to come to you, you started to pull yourself away from the pack. And they kept trying to keep up, but they couldn't. And what they try to do is they try to pull you back. And that's what individuals have to understand. Most people that don't chase and work at their own dreams Really don't want you to capitalize on yours. You know, everybody thinks that they do, but what it does, it separates you from them. You know, I always say excellence is lonely, and it is lonely because it's easy to sit in a group with a bunch of individuals that haven't made it because they can blame everybody else. And that room is going to be so much bigger than in a successful room. And yet there's totally two different conversations. It's totally. You go in a conversation with unsuccessful people, and then you go in a room with successful people, conversation is totally different. It's totally, totally different. And the successful people, they all have the same traits. You know, they all talk. They all know that. You got to work hard. You got to put in the extra hours. You got to get up early. You got to stay late. You got to outwork the competition. We all know that. Okay. But are you doing those things the right way and that it's going to allow you to progress forward? You know, everybody, there's a lot of people that work hard. There's a lot of people that are talented that never succeed in anything. It's just not enough. All right. You got to have talent. You got to have intelligence. You got to be competitive. And the one thing that I know both of you have, you're resilient. If you're not resilient, you're never going to make it. It's just not you're not going to make it. Relentless individuals are so resilient.
1: Is this something that someone can learn? Like if someone's listening and they're like, God, I'm so lazy. Can they learn this or is this an innate trait?
2: No, it can definitely be learned. That's why I try to tell people, you know, you're not born... And the doctor, when you're born, the doctor says, okay, this person's going to be successful. This person is going to, this baby's not going to be successful. This one's going to be relentless. This one's going to be lazy. This is something you can do and you can learn it. All right. But what happens is there's something that happens in everybody's life at an early stage. All right. There's some kind of, I, I won't say a bump in the road or some kind of failure or something that just kind of you have to deal with. And how you deal with that situation is pretty much determined how you're going to deal with everything else. When something happens, did you look for others to work your way out of it? Or did you say, I got to figure this out? Did you, you know, did you ball? Did you go in the corner and just ball up? Or did you stand up and after you fell, you got up and said, Okay, this is a learning experience. I'm not going to let this happen to me again. And that determines how you're pretty much gonna handle everything from there moving forward. And now what happens is so many people look for others to get them out of everything. You know, uh, it's, it's funny, with kids, you see individuals with kids, they wanna do everything for their kids. Are you, so when, the, when your child actually has to figure something out for themselves,
0: I'm really happy you're going into this because okay. it's something that we talk about all it's the time. It's kind of like
1: you and I at the airport. You, uh, you've you done everything for me, so I just lay there and just expect but, you, you know, to do it, it. it. It's
0: important, though, because I talk about this a lot. A lot of our friends are having children, and a lot of our older friends have kids. And it's like, you know, when we were coming up, getting those gut punches meant pick yourself up and deal with it like that. There was nobody. You couldn't look around. Of course, like major, major things. Your parents are there. Sure. But most of the time, like, you, you know, you get hit. You got to get up and dust yourself off and figure it out there is i I don't want to generalize everybody but there is a lack of that I think for the majority of parents that we know right like they, they something happens to their kid and they run to them right away there's no there's no establishing resilience in these children from what we've seen and it's and I wonder what's going to happen because I think it's going to make them soft.
2: It is, going to make, it is going to make them soft. I mean, you just look at it. everything's available at our fingertips now. I mean, you don't even have to go anywhere. All the information is literally right now. It's in my back pocket. It's yours. It's sitting on your desk. Everything you need is right there. All right. Now, that it's it can be if you use it right, it's a great tool. But if you overuse it, what I always say, sometimes too much knowledge and too much accessibility to information is a really a detriment because it's funny, your elite, elite individuals, your top athletes that I've ever dealt with or your top entrepreneurs, your successful business people, thinking to them is actually a distraction. Yeah. And what do I mean by that? If you're thinking, you're really not in the moment. You know, those individuals, now that doesn't, how do you get into that non-thinking stage? is the years and years of preparation to get to that non-thinking stage. It just doesn't happen. And now what happens is since information is so accessible and everything is so easy now, when you do get hit in the gut, you don't know what to do.
1: Before we get into that, we need to talk about my new obsession. So meet Flamingo. Flamingo makes body care a happy, pretty experience, guys. Basically, this brand started with a bunch of women at Harry's, which I'm sure you guys have heard about. It's a men's shaving brand. Anyway, these badass women very much saw an opportunity to create better hair removal situations for women after interviewing thousands of them. So we need to get specific with the razors. I got the mint and gold, which looks so cute in my eucalyptus leaf shower. Picture it, okay? I have the salt rock nightlight going. There's some Tibetan bonds, <laughs> my eucalyptus leaves hanging off the shower, and then my new mint and gold razor. I'm basically shaving in the most therapeutic setting ever. The shave is all perfect too with Flamingo because it was designed by women, so the shave is super, super close. It feels nice, and the scent and the gel and the lotion is just delicious. We want you guys to love shaving too, so I would recommend the Flamingo Shave Set. It's a $22 value, but just for you, it's going to be $16 and ships free. Super easy. The shave set is an end-to-end routine in one reusable pouch, which is awesome. Get the razor, the extra blade, the lotion, and a holder so it doesn't get lost in your shower. Also, it's 2019, so it's obviously all cruelty and paraben-free. Get a set with all your shave essentials from Flamingo, the brand that Vogue, Glamour, and everyone is talking about. It's a $22 value for just $16 with free shipping today when you visit shopflamingo.com slash skinny. That's right. Visit shopflamingo.com skinny.
0: We were just talking about this. We were at dinner the other day, uh, Lauren and one of my best friends, and I was talking about some of our peers and some of them that have grown up very privileged. And you know, you grow up maybe envying or being jealous of these type of people. But as they get older, it's actually the reverse. You start to say, look, this person does not have the tools to deal with life when it comes at them. And you actually start to maybe feel a little bit sorry for them because they just they're not equipped.
2: They're not equipped. Everyone else around them is equipped, but they are not equipped. And that's why you see a lot of individuals who come from very successful and wealthy families and it's passed on to the next generation unless they've seen and understood what their parents went through, what their parents before that went through, that the business does not run the same. It crumbles. The fortune is gone because at the earliest, everything was just spoon-fed to them over and over and over again.
1: For someone who's unfamiliar, can you explain the difference between coolers, closers, and cleaners?
2: Sure. <laughs> so in our book, uh, Relentless, we divide people up into three different categories. There's coolers, closers, and cleaners. And in the book, the title is Good, Great, Unstoppable. So if you think of a cooler, a cooler is an individual. They're good at something. All right. Ordinary, average, whatever you ask them to do, they're going to do. You know, if you tell them, "Hey, I, you need to make nine sa- sales calls," they're going to make nine sales calls. They're going to get done. Yeah, yeah they're going to make exactly nine sales calls. All right, they may not close any of them, but you told them to make nine sales calls. Your work time is from nine to five. They're going to show up at eight fifty-nine, and they're going to leave at exactly five o'clock. Okay, the results are average. It's good. You look at it, it's nothing extraordinary. You know, there's nothing about them that wows you. And I know every single business has these individuals. Now, that's the one thing to understand. Just because you're a cooler in, you're not a cleaner or you're a closer at work and you're a cooler, doesn't mean you can't be a cleaner in something else. So that's the thing people have to understand. Then you have your next thing, which is a closer. A closer gets you that end result over and over again, as long as a lot of variables aren't thrown at them. You give them a plan,
1: What kind of variables?
2: Okay. Something that you just don't see. Something that you just, that's all the way coming out of of left field. All right. It's like, it could be something simple as weather related. Well, you got to get to a meeting and they're like, okay, well, the flight got delayed. They won't like, all right, well, I'm not going to get there. A cleaner is an individual that's going to figure out, well, listen, if I need to get to New York, all right, and the airports are closed in New York, all right, what if I fly to Philly? and drive three hours because I have to be at that meeting. They're going to figure out one way to get there, or they're going to look, okay, if I rent a car here, I got to be at this meeting at this time. If I drive, they're going to get to where they need to be. The closure is going to be like, well, the flight got canceled, they'll have to figure it out. All right, now, if the flight didn't cancel, whatever they had to do, they would have done a great presentation. They would have probably closed the deal, but that extra variable that's thrown at them, or if they go to a meeting and they're supposed to meet with, one person, and now, and they prepared for that person. They go in a meeting, and now it's somebody completely different throws their game. They're like, "All right, w- what happened? Yep, what happened? All right, a cleaner is an individual that gets you that end result over and over again, no matter what variable is thrown at them. They're going to get you that end result. Not once, not twice, not three times. They're going to constantly deliver. You can always count on them. They may not deliver at a hundred percent. But they're going to deliver more times than any other individual. And the difference between a closer and a cleaner, the big difference is closers, they're great at what they do. And they love to tell everybody. All right. A cleaner, he doesn't have to tell anybody. They tell him or her.
0: So let's talk a little, I know we've kind of just been brushing on a little bit, but let's talk about some of your, the athletes you work with, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Some of the cleaners. What is it that you recognize personality traits or just individual traits in these high performers, we'll call them cleaners, extreme cleaners, Mm -hmm. um, that they have that other people don't? Is there something that you can see right away or is it something that?
2: Well, they're already extremely talented at what they do but they're never satisfied they're always looking for that edge they're always looking for something to get better they're constantly looking for perfection all right they understand what it takes they understand not only do hey everyone tells them you know you got to work harder and other people tell them they got to work smarter no you have to work harder and you have to work smarter you know it's funny when these guys win their championships uh michael wins his championships kobe wins his championships Dwayne won their championships The first thing they would tell me is what's next. I have to get better because they know if they come back as good as they did this season, that they won a championship, they're not going to win it next year. They have to get better. They can't tell you about all the victories. That they've had all the game-winning shots that they've made. You know, if you look at uh, baseball pitchers, they can't tell you all the di- the saves that they had, but they remember every single one that got away. Huh. That's the thing because that, it's that. That's what that's, nags at them. That's that's what sticks with those. It's the it's the account. It's the games you didn't win. It's a shot you didn't make. It's the accounts you didn't get. You know, you, get the, you talk about the people that are in sales and in business and so forth. They very rarely talk about their successes, but their failures stick with them all the time because that's – everyone talks about you got to have that internal fire. So when you have nothing else to go, go with, all the things that they say that is bad – are the things that actually fuel you? You know, when you talked about earlier about figuring out failure being selfish, you know, those words are being selfish is a bad word, all, all right? You know, not taking uh, taking care of yourself—that's bad. Well, what what keeps you going when nothing else does? That's what those keep, are the things. Those are the things that, that those are things that internally keep you combusted, keep you moving forward when nothing else is around. Too many people are looking for external things to get them motivated, get them fired up all the time. You have to figure out what lights your fire and keeps it lit yourself. And all the things that people say stay away from, those are the things that are actually, if you learn to embrace them, learn how to use them, will get you to where you want to be.
0: Did you see the article today in the Wall Street Journal about Brady? I know it's a super, we're going into the Super Bowl weekend. And I don't know if you saw it. Yet. It just came out.
2: Cha- I have not seen it yet.
0: It's basically, you know, he's 41 now. He's mm-hmm. one of the, going to be, if he wins the Super Bowl, he'll be the oldest quarterback in history to do it. He would, I'm sure you'd divine him as a cleaner. No question. But he, they basically, the whole article was that, you know, he's gotten to an age where he cannot compete on the same level as young guys. So what he did was he figured out a new way to compete. He's throwing the ball faster. He's snapping faster. He's taking less hits. It's basically, he looked at last year and said, okay, what can I do to stay competing? Yeah. And it's just, it's crazy to, to look at his legacy.
2: Well, see, what happens is with athletes, is you start to lose things physically. You know you physically you can't do the same thing at forty that you used to do at twenty. But what happens is what you lack in your physical uh, makeup that you can't do, you pick up in your mental thing. It's exactly what you said. Not take take less hits. Get rid of the get get rid of the ball get rid of the ball quicker. So as the body slows down, the mind actually the mind actually picks up. That's why if you notice with athletes when the your super superstars, when they're Not feeling well, or they're under the weather, or they're slightly injured or hurt, they go out and perform at the highest, highest level because what they can't do physically for that moment, they know mentally they can make up for it. You know, we talk about getting in the zone, and that's what the zone's about.
1: You say fuck, try. Can you elaborate when you say, fuck, try?
2: Yeah, well, you know, everyone talking (laughs) about, you know, did you, yeah, I'm gonna try. No, if you, the reason I say, fuck, try, either do it or you don't, all right? If you try something, you're already giving yourself an out. You're already giving yourself an out. You know, I read, I just uh, on your way here, I read the story about, you know, how you guys got started in this eight years ago, as a bartender Bertender. and going through all these different things and, you know, up late at night blogging from, you know, what is it, midnight to 3 o'clock and you know, there's nobody paying attention. All right. If you were just trying. You would quit. You would quit. Because you would have gave yourself, you know, I, I tried. I tried my best. It just didn't work out. All right. You basically said, fuck, try. I'm going to make this. I'm going to make this thing happen. And you did. So that's when I would say either. Listen, I have no problem with you with an individual not succeeding. But if you're just trying, to me, try is a hobby. It's a hobby,
0: and I would argue with trying. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I Trying's that. a hobby, and I and I think when you, you when you tell yourself, made. when you give try yourself, and hobby. tell yourself that you're trying, you're actually giving yourself a window of time to succeed, right? And if that in that window of time you don't, then you quit. Right. But if you're saying I'm doing this, it doesn't matter what the time is, right? It's like you're doing it. You're gonna do it,
2: right? Yeah. And it just you know it was was it eight years before you finally turned the corner
1: it's been a, a long time there's no epiphany you're so right, right about that there's not been one day I woke up and I'm like oh my god It's it, I'm always concentrating on what I did wrong so no. I, I can yeah. relate to that and
2: you said it perfectly you just got back in town alright from overseas we're doing this podcast and you're getting on a plane to New York to handle more business yeah.
1: If you would have told us to come to Chicago after Finland, we would have. Yeah. <laughs> so That's how we wanted to interview you.
2: <laughs> you know, it's like that, um, this is
0: maybe a psychopathic thing, thing to say. You know in the the Batman movie, The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. and the Joker says, he's like, he's like, I'm a dog chasing a car. I wouldn't know what to do with it if I caught it. Yeah, He's just going to keep chasing it over and over and over. Yeah, That's how you feel. You
2: know? Yeah. It, it's. But here's the thing. Every individual, including the people sitting at this table right now, you have to be a little bit crazy. You have to be. Because if you think like everybody else, you're going to be like everybody else. So when somebody makes you that, or pays you that compliment or says to you, hey, that individual is nuts, that individual is crazy, take it as a compliment because you have the ability to see things that they cannot see. You have to be a little bit off in order to get what you want. You have to be a little bit crazy, you got to be a little bit nuts. Because you have the ability to see something that they can't see. You know, we spend, it's funny, you look at individuals and everybody tries to fit into a group their whole life. I've got to be with this certain friends. I have to join this sorority. I have to be part of this fraternity. I got to hang out with this group. I got to be with, and the individuals we admire the most are the ones that stand out. So what are we teaching? What are we teaching? You're so trying to fit into this group, trying to fit in this group. Yet the individuals that are standing on top of the mountain with this beautiful view—the ones that done it differently—they've done it differently. They saw things that nobody else can see. And if you look at the history of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world, and you sit and listen to their stories, you can—you know how many people told them, "You got to be crazy. You got to be. There's no way you can do that. There's no way." It's—it's. Listen. It's impossible till somebody does it.
1: How do you personally deal with people that say there's no way you can do that?
2: I don't even listen to them. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't even listen to them. Okay. No, you know what I said? You, you can't. No, I said, you can't do it. Okay. Don't tell me what I can and I cannot do. You don't have Don't tell me that. All right. That's something you, we don't think the same way. You know why? Because here, here's the thing. Different scares people. When you do things differently than other people, it's uh, than others than the way society tells you to do it. It scares individuals. Different always scares individuals, all right. But everybody that's done something special, everybody that has the ability to impact human beings or impact their lives, impact other people's lives, few individuals out there actually have the ability to change world events. They're all different. They are all different. They are all a little bit off. I guarantee it. They're all a little bit crazy. and But the thing you have to understand is the same thing that goes in their heads are going in your heads. You know, they got the same thoughts about, am I doing this thing right? All right, am I really making an impact? They have more self-doubt about their success and what they're doing than individuals that aren't successful. So the same thoughts, same demons, same little crazy things that are running through their heads are going through theirs just like it's going through yours. But they know how to deal. it. They know how to deal. They get all the voices that are going in their heads and all the different music that's going on there. They get them playing the same tune.
0: We were just with a fighter named Joe Schilling. I don't know if you, if you follow him at all. Um, MMA guy, kickboxer, Mu- Muay Thai. Like arguably one of the best white kickboxer Muay Thai champions of all time Mm -hmm. and he was someone sent him a question saying like what do you do when you get nerves before a fight and he basically responded saying that when he gets those he you know he receives them but he immediately pushes them out of his head because he knows it's not serving him he he just knows how to
2: deal with it but he has the same nerves and the same fears that everybody else does everybody else has you know michael always before every single every, every single game you know, he's a big game. Hey, he'd he admit, he goes, listen, I'm a little bit nervous. I, You know, I got butterflies in the stomach. I said, well, I get them going all in the same direction. That's it. You have, you have the ability to control those thoughts. You have the ability to control, the, uh, control what's going on in here. But what happens is a lot of individuals, they don't know who they are anymore. They start living somebody else's life. At some point in their life, somebody took their identity away. All right. And they're not who they need to be. And one of the things we talk about in the book, to get what you want, you have to be who you really are. How many individuals do you know, really know who they really are? Oh. Oh,
1: that's very true. Wow. What are some practices that the audience can do at home that can get them in that relentless mindset? Is there anything like maybe three quick tips that they could do? I want to get into Tim's tips, but first I want to tell you about Perfect Keto Bars. So I started to notice at Michael's office at Dear Media Studio that these bars were flying off the shelf.
0: People are stealing my bars.
1: Especially the lemon poppy seed. They're like gone.
0: As long as you don't get to my salted caramel. Guys, these (laughs) bars are the best, as you know. I am a pillar of fitness trying to get into shape this year, and sometimes I get a little bit hungry. Get a little low blood sugar, need a little pick me up. And these all natural, balanced keto macros with only three grams of net carbs are the perfect pick me up.
1: So, perfect keto bars are great tasting, keto friendly bars with ingredients that you can actually trust. We all know that sometimes less is more, especially when it comes to ingredients. What I love about these is that they're all natural ingredients balanced keto macros. I know a lot of you guys are on keto and they only have three grams of net carb, which is awesome. They also have flavors like almond butter brownie, new salted caramel and lemon poppy seed flavor, which is launching in February. And
0: I love them because they don't feel like they're those really heavy bars. You know, the ones you eat that taste like bricks. These ones are soft, fluffy, great. Love them. Keep eating them all day long.
1: And here's a hot tip. If you guys are a wife or a girlfriend, carry the salted caramel in your purse. And when your husband or boyfriend Gets hypoglycemic, you can just whip the bar out, and you'll be the star of the show.
0: That is true, Lauren. You are the star of my show, <laughs> guys. For thirty percent off site wide, because the Perfect Keto team loves Skinny Confidential, him and her listeners. Visit perfectketo.com/skinny30 and enter promo code Skinny30 at checkout for thirty percent off the entire site. Again, that's perfectketo.com/skinny30 and enter promo code Skinny30 at checkout for thirty percent off the entire site. Enjoy and get those salted caramel bars, guys.
2: First thing is you got to stop thinking of things as, you know, a good day, a bad day, all that other stuff. Because if you come in and, and you're already thinking about that, you're it, it's a negative. So this is how I look at it. If you can open up your eyes when you get up, I won't say in the morning because some people work at night or whatever they do, and you have the ability to put your feet on the ground, it's a good day. I agree. Because how many people don't get that opportunity? Yep. All right don't get that opportunity. All right? The other thing I always tell I- individuals is instead of making a list of things that you want, make a list of the things you don't want. Cuz if you focus on the list of the things you don't Okay. I don't want to have enough money to make so my kids can't go to college. All right? I don't want to stay at the same job. You have to put the you will work a lot harder on the things that you don't want and it'll get you to the things that you do want because when you put lists of things that you do want all right it's the things that you're not going to have to do that's going to get you to the list of the things that you want those are the things that you're going to have to are you going to sacrifice and are you really willing to do those things you know everybody talks about uh, it's funny they'll say i'll do whatever it takes but will they what is whatever it takes Are you willing to separate yourself from your friends? Are you willing not to go out? Are you willing to put those extra hours in? All right. Are you willing to stay? Are you willing to do things that other people don't do? That's a difference. If you want to have something that you've never had, you're going to have to do things that you've never done. Plain and simple.
0: This is a good segue because I want to talk to you about... And this is another thing that I have issue with a lot of people. Let's talk about being uncomfortable and doing uncomfortable things. We, we use the example, like people see, you know, on social media, we're in this beautiful place, but what they don't see is the six flights and the jet lag and like working through that and being in the miserable snow and then getting, coming back and doing this and then doing another flight and all that. There's a lot of young people that we have in the work with us and work on our teams. And they, their biggest thing is like, Hey, we want to be comfortable. And I said, I have not been comfortable, truly comfortable in 10 years, right? Like I can't even, since I was a kid. I don't think you can be. I think you have to get out of the mindset of always needing to be comfortable. I think where you find greatness is being uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, I have I a saying that you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable if you put yourself in a comfortable situation eventually you're going to end up sinking into that you know i always said people are oh so i'm looking what is it is it cloud nine that's supposed to be really soft everybody's looking for this cloud i'm not listen i'm looking for the most uncomfortable situation out there because if i can conquer that uncomfortable situation all right it makes me sharper it keeps my edge and it puts fear in the competition. All right. And again, those are the things, like I said, that people stray away from, you know, how many times, how many times you said, listen, would you rather be liked or would you rather be feared in business? You want to be feared. You want to be feared. And if you're comfortable, you're never going to be feared.
0: To clarify too, I would say, you know, If you're happy and you don't want more, it's fine to be comfortable. But for those individuals that say, "I want more," "I need more," "I need to do," "I need to accomplish more," like you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable.
2: Well, you look at it. Listen, there's different degrees of level of success. You know, we talked about earlier about the coolers, the closers, and cleaners. They define success differently. And you know, once you break through a certain amount of success, there's another wall. And to get to that next level, that wall's a little thicker. To get to the next level, the wall's a little thicker, and it's going to continue. And what separates some individuals from the others is they, they'll get to a certain point, and they'll say, I'm good. And there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's no, that's what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with that. For some individuals, it's just not enough for them. It's just not enough. They want to keep, keep going, just keep going, keep going. listen. You brought up Tom Brady. He's got five Super Bowl championships, and he's forty-one. All right, guys. And he's goes, married
0: to Giselle. Yeah, he goes.
2: I don't. I don't need this. I don't need this. He's already came out and said, "I'll be back next year." Wow. He's already came out and said that. Because I'll be. I'll be back next year. So he, regardless of whether he wins, loses, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming back. All right, because you're not going to tell me when I'm going to walk away from this game. I will know when it's time. And that's the difference about, and in order to do that, you think at age 41, next season, he's going to have to be more comfortable or more uncomfortable in order to perform at a higher level. He's going to have to put himself through more uncomfortable things and make them part of his day, part of his routine, in order to be comfortable out there. You see an individual, you, you know, you look at him, And you see this individual, you know, see him doing the mattress commercials and the endorsements for all this other stuff. If you've ever sat down and talked to him from a competitive standpoint, oh, he is one competitor in everything, not in everything he does. Two years ago, there was a video of him when he had cut his hand. He was coming out for the the game and there was a reporter standing right there. You know, trying to get a, uh, trying to get the first view of this hand. Now this is in a Super Bowl, Tom, and you can pull this up on YouTube if you don't believe me. He tells a guy, "Hey man, get the fuck out of my way. I got a game to play." <laughs> I, you know, I got I got a game to play. It's like you're you're worried about the he's national TV. He's not he doesn't care because I have to get that end I have to get that end result. And it's funny, last year when they played, he set the all-time record for a quarterback uh, i think yards or i don't know exactly what it was in a super bowl game and the one thing he remembers over and over again was a pass he dropped
1: who are the top 3 most relentless athletes that you've worked with
2: that i well i have to put michael up on the top i mean he's i've never met an individual who was just constantly in the zone all the time. I mean, he just want everything he did was about winning and about uh, competitiveness. I mean, you'd, you'd end up losing a game. We'd end up getting on a plane, going from an East coast to the West coast, time change, everything five o'clock. He goes, what time are we working out? And it was funny. It was either 5. AM, 6. AM or 7. AM. And it was never that I had to motivate him, get him out of bed, get ready. He, he goes, this is the part of my routine. Cause in his mind, if I skip the workout, that means uh, somebody else is closing the gap, and I, I can't let that. He goes, I can't, I can't let that happen. You know, and the other individual I i work with, Kobe Bryant, was he's he was up there too. I mean, this individual, he would literally call up at two, three o'clock in the morning, and say, "What are you doing?" well oh, I'm asleep That's that's what I'm doing." So if he can't sleep, you can't sleep. So I was like, "All right." Let's go. We're going to go to the gym. We're going to get some shots up. We're going to go do these different things. He, the preparation the preparation never stopped. One of the stories that it used to be is he used to take a helicopter um, from Orange County down to the Staples Center, all right, because he was just like he used that time in the sky to prepare. his watch- It wasn't just a helicopter ride. It was watching film of his uh, opponent, what he did the game before. So there was like the preparation didn't start You know, when you get to the arena, for these individuals, a preparation starts when they get up that morning. They're already folk. They're already in the zone. And, you know, if you talk about the other relentless individuals, I mean, you can go down the list. Those are two that, you know, I've had a privilege to work with on a consistent basis. But, you know, you throw out other individuals from— a relentless competitive st- standpoint, um, you know, from a sports, you can go to, you can go to Wayne Gretzky, you can go to Serena, you can go to Serena Williams. If you go back and hit uh, Roger Federer from a tennis standpoint, Djokovic, you have all these individuals that just, you know, Michael Phelps, you know, he won all those Olympics and then four years later, I uh, won all those medals and four years later, he says, I'm going back. I'm going back. Cause it's just, it's just never up. There's, there's that competitive thing that's always missing, that they got to figure out a way to do it. So if they're no longer competing in sports, they have to compete in something else. You know, Arnold
1: Schwarzenegger. Yes, he's a he's a big one, huh? He's
2: a huge, huge, and you know, he got an individual went from bodybuilding to he was a first, me, you know, first probably star that you said went from a from an athletic standpoint, from a bodybuilding, went into doing movies and then into politics, you know, things that you would never imagine. You know, he, he wasn't governor of a, you know, a, a town of 500 people. You know, yeah. he's like, yeah. I mean, he's he just... Eh. He's another guy that does not believe that's in cool. plan B. Right. Well, that's why I said there is no plan B. All right. Nope. There's either plan A. Or there's another plan A, because if there's a plan B, plan B means less than plan A. It's just like individuals I talk about that, you know, in a race, they'll say, or, you know, let's count to three. One, two, three, go. Well, by the time you get to go, somebody's already left on one. Now you're three steps behind that individual. (laughs) If you're going to go, go. If you have to count one, two, three, that means there's some self-doubt in your head. All right. If you're going to go do it, just go do it. Go make. The worst thing you can happen is at the end of the day or the end of years, you're sitting alone or sitting with somebody and have the regret of something you should have done and you didn't do it. That that regret is going to be more painful than the pain of failure. You're going to have, you have to have two types, you're going to have pain in your life, all right? You're going to have the pain of failure, which you can get over. You can't get over the pain of regret because regret means you never gave it your most. You never gave that effort in to do that. And that's going to stick with you forever. All right. That's going to stick with you ever. The pain of failure is you gave everything you had. You may have not gotten that end result, but you can look back and set at it. It was not because I didn't give it everything that I have.
0: You talk, we're talking a lot about a lot of very talented individuals, but one of the things you talk about is say there's no talent required in hard work.
2: Can you discuss it a little bit? Yeah. You know, somewhere down the line, I don't know when this happened, but hard work became a skill. I have never, I've never understood this. Hard work actually (laughs) became a skill. And okay. You guys have, uh, you have quite a few, you have individuals that work for you. Right, and they and you sit down. They sit with an interview, and one of the first things they'll probably say is, "I'm a hard worker." Seriously, you know, no, I I, I want to hire the most laziest person out there to do this position. You have to. That's what you're starting with. I'm a hard worker. There's somebody that came in the other
0: day, and and the first thing they asked me and said, "How many days out of the office can I have?" And got up and left the interview. Oh, it's done. Yeah, finished. It's yeah. finished. So if anybody interviews with me, I literally got up in the interview and
2: left. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just like it, so. There are, you're already looking. You're already looking not to succeed. You're trying to find the easiest way out. That's what I said. It's somewhere. It doesn't take. Any, listen. It doesn't take any talent to show up. It doesn't take any talent to listen. All right, and it doesn't take any talent. To work hard. Those are, you have to do those things. You got to show up. You know, I always say. You know, it's funny. I always say showing up is half the battle. No, showing up is none of the battle. <laughs> you have to show up. All right. It's not an option. It's not an option. You have to show up. But what happens is, you know, whatever you ex- tolerate, you end up keeping using that as a norm. So if you let your greatest teams. They hold everybody to the same standards. It could be the best player on the team. It could be the person that's on the practice squad. They're held to the same accountability. They're expected to do the same things. They're expected to show up. They're expected to know what, they're, what the plays are, all, all the things. From number one to whatever it is, they treat everybody the same and that's what that's what your greatest your greatest athletes, your greatest individuals out there, they all want to be coached. They all want to get they all want to get better. They're always looking for that compa the competitive edge, but they're smart enough to know who's actually what if you're feeding them is actually something that they can use or is it just a bunch of it's just a bunch of hype. Now you have individuals with social media out there. Listen to what I call about social media. Social media is now the new fake because it allows you to be something that you're not. You know, you can put all this stuff on there and say, I've done this, this and this. And people are like, oh, my goodness. You know, oh, wow, this person's done this person when they've actually have no substance behind them. You know, you look at an individual. I always tell this people on a regular basis. Every single month, you need to update your social media picture because 99.9% of people do not look like that picture anymore. You can't have a picture from 2008 and now it's 2019.
1: You need to do a seminar at uh, Tinder. A
2: lot of my <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of my buddies in the online dating space are running into this issue. Yeah. They show and they say, "Who the hell is that?" Yeah, so what happens is if you rely on the social media so much and you rely on those filters, that's the life you start to live. You start actually think that's what you can do. You think you start living your life through filters, all right? Life is not left. It's not lived through filters, all right? It's coming. It's coming at you. It's coming at you, and it's not going to stop coming at you. You know, people. One of the things that I always do is people always say, "You know, the storm's coming." No, I live in the storm. The storm <laughs> is here. Okay, you create the storm. You know, you create the storm because the storm is you. All right, if you're waiting for if you're waiting for the storm to come, that means somebody else is bringing the storm. All right, if you live in the storm, you are the storm.
1: What does success mean to you personally?
2: You know, su- what success? It's funny, to me. I'm not, I don't think of myself as successful because there's so much more that I, that I that I want to do. I've it's never crazy. yeah, I've never thought about It's like the hey, dog chasing the car. Yeah, I told you. It's just like it's always wanting a little bit more. Being successful has has its, you know, has its traits. You you know, you're accountable not only to yourself, you're accountable to uh to other individuals. When you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. All right, we made a commitment to you guys, you know, hey, We're going to get this show done. We are going to get this show. We're going to get it done. And regardless if it took years or whatever it is, you make that commitment, you follow through with it. All right. So being, you know, being successful is, has a lot to do with what you're willing to tolerate, what you're willing to accept, what you're willing to put out there. One of the biggest things that individuals have a hard time with me is they said, I'm the same person all the time. I'm the same person all the time. You're gonna get the truth from me. I'm gonna tell you whether you whether you like it or not. I'm the individual that if you come up to me and say, "Do I look good in that?" You already know what the answer is because you're already a- asking. I'm already a- I would be out there. All right. So now, if I tell you, don't be pissed off.
0: You know what? I do you know why I identified, and I think Lauren at the same time when we read your book is that there's so many people giving you a message, and they could be powerful messages, but they're trying to make you feel good as they're giving those messages. You're somebody that just gives the medicine right away. This is how it is. And you, one of my favorite things you say is like, don't look, the, people say, the glasses and let me know, I probably am going to butcher this, the glass, the glass is half full or half empty and you just say, basically, fuck that, there is no glass. There's either something in it or there's not.
2: Right, exactly. So you know, <laughs> is, people, they, so line. you're going to tell you that you know, psychologists and psychiatrists have made, they, they're basically telling you what kind of personality you have by the way you answer it? Do you see this glass half empty or do you see it half full? And everybody looks at oh, it's half empty, it's half full. I was like, you know what? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> if you like what's in it, add more. If you don't like what's in it, pour it out and start over. But make a decision already. People don't want to make decisions. They love to make suggestions. Because suggestions is like, try, it gives you an out. Well, it's just a suggestion. When you make a decision, you have to answer the hard questions. People don't want to answer the hard questions. You know, if with me, it's funny. You get in a relationship with an individual, all right? And, you know, you talked about Tinder and, you know, Bumble or whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. I'm a little behind on those things. But what's the first thing everybody always puts on? Honesty. I want somebody who's honest. But then when you're honest with the individual, they get pissed off. Well, wait a minute, which is it? Which is it? All right. I'm as I'm as honest as they come. That's it. If I don't like you, I don't like you. If you don't like me, I don't have a problem with it. I don't have I rather know that because now I know who that individual is. Yep. You know, don't come to me because you and try to put this mask on and be something be something that you're not because I'm going to be able to see see through it. I I bet you this happens to you guys all the time, all right, because I know what happens to me. You get a phone call. Hey, you haven't heard from the person in a long time. Hey, how's it going? How's life? Da-da-da, so forth. And you're just sitting there listening. And I just tell them, what do you want? <laughs> Let's cut all the – you don't really – Cut all the you, shit. You don't really care about how how I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going to say that. Okay. Sorry, you, don't, you don't care how business is. You don't care how my health is. You know, you don't care what I'm doing on the weekend. You just – what do you want? What do you want? Oh, man, why are you like that? What do you want? Okay. <laughs> you're, calling up, you're calling me up for either tickets, an autograph. You're calling me up for something. What do you want? I haven't heard from you in six years. <laughs> all right. Now all of a sudden you want to catch up. What do you want? I'd rather have you just come out and say, "Hey," and I'll be like, "Yeah, I can," or "No, I can't." Thank you. Hang up the phone.
0: You're having me this morning. See? Yeah.
1: Do you have any morning routines or nighttime routines that set you up for success?
2: Well, it's funny. My uh, here's the thing with my morning routine. All right, it's a little it's a little unique. All right, and I think I'm every, sure it is. Everybody, everybody, <laughs> everybody battles through this. All right. When I talked about earlier about things that go on in people's in people's heads, it goes on in my head too. So, when I wake up in the morning, when I get out of bed, there's something or somebody that's waiting for me. All right? And their job is to make sure I don't succeed. Their job is to say, Roll over, get back in bed. It's cold outside or it's raining. You don't need to go to work today. You put in a lot of hours. That's that person's object, whatever it may be. That's their job. All right. I get up every single morning. I greet that individual. I shake his hand. And I said, what do you got for me today, motherfucker? What do you got? Okay. Because I know you're going to be a part of my day. I know you're going to be a part of my day. Now, we can either work at this together and figure this thing out. Or we can fight all day long and neither one of us are going to be able to accomplish it People only want to accept what's good in order to be a complete individual You got to accept all of you. You got to accept the good. You got to accept the great. You got to accept the bad You got to accept all of you because that individual is there every single day and you're better off making that individual your ally and figuring out how to get shit done together than to fight it all day. And we talk about that book oh, in, in Your Dark Side. Everybody has a dark side. And if you learn to utilize your dark side, and this is, I'm not talking about vampires and Star Wars and all this other <laughs> stuff. I'm talking about something that's unique to each individual that lights your own fire. That's how you handle adversity. How do you handle different things that are thrown at you? You know, it's the individuals that. Are raised by a single parent, or raised by no parents, and they go through they go through whole life. You got individuals that go, "Woe is me," and they use that excuse for the next 40 years of why they didn't get it, why they didn't get anywhere. And then you have other individuals that say, "Watch me, watch me." All right, and that person is sitting there every single day. You have to greet that individual and say, "Let's figure." this out you know how people tell and it's the same thing about you have skeletons in the closet man you need to open those you need to open that closet up set a dinner table out put some food out there put your best tequila scott invite those skeletons and sit down because those skeletons are you those are a part of you when i was growing up as a kid you always had that little story about you know uh you wake up you know Dad, Mom, there's a monster underneath the bed. There's a monster underneath the bed. Uh, You know when when that stopped? When I realized I was the monster. That monster was a part of me. And if I didn't embrace that monster, I would never be in the position that I'm in now. And if you guys look back at any successful individual, they all have that monster in them. Everybody.
1: What projects are you working on now? Hopefully a new
2: book. We are working on a new book. And then what we also have is we have, we have these cleaner calls now where you can sign up. And uh, we give a monthly call to individuals, you know, on a Zoom call. And we talk about topics that just other individuals just are not willing to talk about. Like this uh, in February, the next one is like, you know, uh, the road to paradise starts in hell. Everybody sounds like a heavy metal concert. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about it, what you consider now paradise, or what other people consider paradise for you guys, where did it start? Where yeah. did it Where did it start? It started in hell.
0: I feel like you always got one foot in there still.
2: Yes. Yep. All right. And people forget people. What they see now is when they look at your Instagram stuff and they see your different posts, they see. Finland where you guys are traveling what's going on they don't see where this thing started and if you don't continue to push where it's going to end up you know and then we also have our online training platform which you know you brought about earlier about can this be taught yes it can be taught you know and you can go to timgrover.com and get more information about all all the stuff that we we have and the different products we've done. I don't want to turn this into a big sales thing. I appreciate you guys asking but all this stuff, what's inside of you, what's inside of you, what's inside of me, it's inside of everybody. It's inside of everybody. I always say you know how they tell, you know (laughs) greatness is inside all of us but for most individuals that's where it stays. That's where it stays.
1: I really, really like your Twitter and Instagram too. I find it really inspiring. I followed you for a long time. So you have to pimp yourself out and tell us those handles.
2: It's at, a, at Attack Athletics. And for everybody,
0: everybody got to check out this book, Relentless. It's it's rare that Lauren and I completely, 100%, agree on a book, and we both have this thing completely dog-eared. It definitely. It's amazing. Book. Impacted both of us, and so check it out. Attack Athletics, Tim. Thank you for coming on the show. Incredible. Thank you so much. My
2: pleasure. Safe travels to you guys. Continued thank success. You. I know you guys aren't even close. To doing what you guys are really set put want to do, I know Thank it's you. just starting. No, you. it it's just it, I can I can just tell. You know, you can you you sit with individuals and you see the way things are set up, and you can tell. All right, are these individuals satisfied with what they had, what they have now? In your mind, you guys haven't even started. That
0: <laughs> right. means Thank a you lot. for
2: coming right. on the show. My pleasure. Thank Take you. care.
1: All right, I hope you guys love that interview. Michael did indeed remove the poppy seed from his tooth, so we are good. It
0: was a pepper. (laughs) It was a pepper.
1: Um, We wanna know what you guys liked most about this episode. As always, let me know your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram, and I'll slide into one of your DMs and send you a TSC pop socket, maybe some stickers, even a bookmark, just some TSC swag.
0: Maybe slide down your chimney.
1: <laughs> maybe slide that pepper out of your
0: tooth. The skinny <laughs> Santa Claus confidential.
1: All right, Michael, we got to go with that. We will see you guys next Tuesday. Thank you always for your attention.